Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host this week. Um, in this episode, we'll be speaking with Adventures by Disney Adventure Guide, Mike Hage. On our panel, we have agent consultant, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. Client services manager, Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. I forgot who you are for a second. Adventures by Disney Adventure Guide, Mike Hage. Hey, everyone. Chief Executive Officer of Dreams Unlimited Travel, Peter Werner. Hey, everybody. And back in the production facility, we have our crack production team, Associate Producer Craig uh, Craig Rhino. <laughs> Rhino Clavin. My new name. Oh, that's the that, that's their, their couple name? <laughs> that's Craig couple. Rhino. Craig Rhino. <laughs> and <laughs> Producer Craig Williams. Hi. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. All right, this episode, I'm really excited, super excited to be here because we are going to have the opportunity to talk about Adventures by Disney. I love adventures. But I am having Disney. a terrible case of deja vu. Are you really? Yeah, it's, it's amazing really how weird. that happens. Um, <laughs> adventures by Disney is one of our favorite ways to travel, Kevin and mine personally. But also, I know that in the room here, pretty much everybody except for Rhino has been on at least one adventures. Sad, by Disney. sad Rhino. Sad, sad Rhino. Not even Craig Rhino. Just Rhino. So. It is a favorite of all of us, a favorite way of all for all of us to travel as well. And some of us have been on it multiple, multiple, multiple times. Someone in this room has actually holds the record for the most trips taken, and that would actually be Pete. With what is it, twenty now? You have. Yep. So there's no there's no secret that we love this product. Um, one of the reasons that we do like Adventures by Disney so much is that you are in the in traveling with Disney. Let me back up a second. I also want to give you guys sort of a high-level um, description or definition of what Adventures by Disney really is. Adventures by Disney is the Disney company's uh, answer to the quote-unquote luxury tour. Um, other groups, other companies are out there giving these similar tours, but no one does it quite like Disney. Um, the Disney name opens doors that you can't get anywhere else and um, experiences that you can't have with any other company. And one of the things that happens with Adventures by Disney that truly sets them apart from all other tour companies is that they travel with two adventure guides. And this is uh, what they call their tour guides. These guides stay with you the entire trip. Um, they are Disney cast members and they bring the Disney uh, customer service with them as you travel. And then in addition to those two guides, you also have what they call local guides or step-on guides. These are folks who are familiar with the destination where you are traveling to, and they help with local activities and local culture. So super, super excited to have Mike with us. Mike, welcome. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, our pleasure. All right, before we start, can you give us a little bit of a background of your, uh, your time with Disney, what kind of trips you've been the adventure guide on yeah sure um i've actually i started with the disney company in uh the walt disney world college program in 1992 kind of been with them ever since uh, a little bit off and on but most recently with adventures by disney uh, i worked in their pilot season program in 2005 and then uh, came back uh saw how much fun the adventure guides were having and came back since 2008 i've been guiding uh leading tours with adventures by disney and have uh been to, oh, I think almost, I tried to add it up about maybe a third of the destinations wow, I've had an opportunity. been blessed. So you started out as a cast member before transitioning over to Adventures by Disney. Correct. What did you do at Disney that was as uh, a cast member? I was in uh, marketing uh, and um, group and convention marketing and um, found out about the Adventures by Disney uh, opportunity when they were kind of 
developing it and, and went to California and became mm-hmm. a part of that and then fell in love with the overall brand once it, uh, it started to sprout and, um, and really wanted to be out in the field. Uh, just, I love travel and I, I think I found my, finally found an opportunity that I was really comfortable with. And that was, uh, being with people, groups and guiding tours in adventurous places. So this is certainly a different job than any other at Walt Disney World. I mean, this is really unique. You're not in the office. You're not in a theme park. You're out traveling around, traveling all over the world, which must be very exciting. But um, we also know that these adventure guides work really hard because they are away from home so often. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with not being sort of, must be looks like a third of your time um, not being in Orlando? Well, you know, it can be, it can be tough and you definitely have to, I guess the, the more trips you do, then the smarter you get as far as time management and travel. But, uh, for me personally, um, I, I love the places we go. So uh, I love to travel and I have just as much fun when I'm, when I'm not at home as when I am home. Uh, now these are very coveted jobs. People, people always tell us, I want to be a travel guide. I want to be an adventures by Disney guide. These are very, very difficult jobs to get because the, they're very cautious about who they pick. They pick the best. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we, we, not that there's a pressure, but we know we always need to be at our best because there's probably about two or 3000, uh, guides waiting to be, you know, to come in into the role. And so, uh, we do take pride in what we do. And, um, it, you know, I think having worked with a lot of different guides internationally, domestically, you know, you find that there is one strong core and that's that we all have a passion for what we do and everyone uh, really has a good personality, likes people. So that really helps when we are uh, knowledgeable as well. So that helps. Well, I, I was always amazed that, uh, you know, whenever there's an open call for, for guides, they get literally thousands and thousands of resumes of people putting in for this. And from that pool, maybe two or three are going to get picked. And so, and there's, it's a whole process. I mean, it's not just, you know, send in your resume and hope they say yes. You've got, there are several stages to, to the, uh, the interview process before you actually make it onto a trip as a guide. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks do come from within the company um, in, in terms of, I know a lot of them are from guest services and yep. other areas in the company. And, uh, I, some are brought in from the outside, but uh, usually it's like you see like the best of the best from like guest services, like Disneyland right. guest services. These are, these are VIP tour guides. These are folks who are in the park have already reached sort of that pinnacle of customer service. This is the next job for them. Um, one of the things you talked about, you said you've done, you've done a third of the tours. Can you give us a quick rundown of which tours you've actually guided? Sure. Um, I, I hope it's a third. It was close. I was kind of losing track. But, no uh, one's counting. <laughs> I'm going to count uh, one. Yeah, I do. Uh, I spent a whole summer out in Alaska, uh, Norway. I do Ecuador. I did Ecuador, Galapagos, Australia, um, Peru, Costa Rica. I do a lot of, and uh, uh, where I had I had a chance to meet Pete was in uh, the Arizona, Utah, which I've probably done the most. Wyoming, uh, and you're still an adventure guide after that. <laughs> wow, you are hard I to was, stop. I was charming. <laughs> hey, you were a delight. We had, absolute delight. It was a good trip. And it was a great trip. Pete probably had one of the best shots of photography that I've ever seen. And so he was happy. We were happy. And uh, that was a neat, neat experience. One of the things that every in the ABD advertising, they advertise that there are two guides. I don't think that's played up enough. 
uh, it, how important and how integral you guys are, uh, you people, not just guys. You, what do you mean by you, you people? You people. <laughs> by you people, I mean the adventure guides. I can't tell you how integral you are to the trip and what an intangible that is. People don't realize exactly when they, before they go, they don't understand the value of having you folks on the trip with us. I have seen this happen. Um, we all have experiences where the guides have just made the trip even better. So I don't really it's have a just, question. I just, <laughs> I'm running out of words. Somebody you just wanted to do a feign all over him. You wanted to give him praise. Is that what it was? But it's like, again, I, you know, we talk about, well, there's two guides, there's two guides, there's two guides. It's more than just about two guides. It's about two cast members who are on the top of their game who seem to work well, so well, seamlessly. Um, one of the things we comment on, it always seems like there's one guide who is more um, effervescent and more Disney and more happy, happy. And there's another guide who's not that they're the opposite of that, but they're more um, interested in the day-to-day. John's the saying there's one gay guide and one straight <laughs> there guy. There usually is one gay guy and one straight guy. But there is that idea that they seem... It seems trying like to be politically correct about it, that's all. <laughs> You guys seem to be now. They're all going to sit around wondering which one's the gay. (laughs) Which one are you? Which one's the gay? (laughs) Um, So the question is, you know, are you guys paired up? Is there a system that says, listen, Mike's personality is like this, so we're going to make sure he gets someone else like that? Do you guys have to pick your um, fellow tour guide? You know, it's an interesting question. I I don't think they necessarily pair us up. uh, A lot of it pans out, you know, how the schedules work out or, or or. where we're going to be but um i you know i think at some point after we work with certain guides enough they may see you know certain components that work i mean obviously well, everyone's guys, different and personalities but you know when you when you start to mesh when you work with somebody you must also have to say listen well today i'll do this part of it definitely i mean you know some days it might be easier to be the logistics person the person on the phone, the person making sure that everything's running well. And other days it might be easier to be the the person who's more social. You go down and entertain the troops while I get everything together. I also think that, you know, we're talking about the, the, the process Disney goes through to select a guide. And I think in that process, you're, you know, they're looking for a certain type. And I think those types are very compatible. Um, so I think just the, the, the selection process by itself, you know, for the most part, I'm sure there are exceptions, but for the most part, I think just the selection process kind of suggests that, you know, even if they don't know each other, they haven't worked together, these guides are going to work well together because they're both kind of in the same same vein. They have the same qualities same that they're qualities, looking for right, in a guide. Exactly. And so you, it makes it more, I don't know, not interchangeable because I don't think that's the right word, but it, it just makes them more adaptable to working with different people. And, and I know we talk about having two guides and in the case of the international trips, there's always an international guide as well as a domestic mm-hmm. guide. And so that international guide, do they get the same training? Because they seem very, I haven't been on international trips, they seem very Disney-like themselves. So are they coming here stateside for training? international trips. That's what I said, having oh. been on. Oh, I, oh, I like, said I haven't been. 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 No, yeah. having like, been Ireland on. and Italy are international. <laughs> Oh. Not for Canadians. No. They can walk right over. <laughs> yeah. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get that really quick. I want to say most adventure guides are all dominant personalities. So you really have to figure out who's going to do what because we all kind of like to do the same thing. And that's, you know, obviously lead. Um, but with the international trips, uh, it's, it's great because we always work with a, a local guide who is from that country specifically. So if it's Norway or if it's Peru or if it's China or South Africa, and it's such a, 
important dynamic for our guests. Um, you know, I've, I've done enough trips to Costa Rica where I could pretty much talk a lot about Costa Rica, geography and wildlife. And, but it's more important when it comes from someone, uh, one of our guides that's come grown up in that country can talk about it because uh, they lived it. Uh, same with, uh, you know, I know our guide in South Africa. I've never personally guided with him. Just, I hear the stories, you know, he talks about apartheid, he was there. Uh, Stephanie in, uh, in Germany, you know, that she grew up when the, when the wall was happening in East and West. So I think we, we like to, uh, as guides, kind of know, all right, here's, we talk about it, yeah, each day before the next day. Here's going to be what I, you know, I'll, my role, and we are, we're all storytellers. All the international guides have, have gone through the Disney training, so we can work together really well and figure out, you know, who's going to do what before the day starts. And it's, we read the group, and we'll probably talk about that soon. It's too. very interesting when one of the guides has that moment where especially the guides who live in the country you're traveling in, you talked about Stephanie talking about her experience with the wall coming down and how it was much different than her friends who lived in West Germany. And that is, I was on a bus with 35 people and you could hear a pin drop. So that makes that not only interesting, but it it touches you as a human. You now have a human connection. I don't have any connections to the wall coming down other than what I learned in school or what I saw on TV. Now I have a personal connection to that. Um, One of the things that also happens on these trips is I know stuff's planned out. I know Disney has relationships with vendors and restaurants, but there always seems to be, especially when we've traveled to Europe, the local guide knows people personally. It's kind of like, I know the person who runs this restaurant. I don't know if that's part of the, you know, the the show that goes on, but I get that feeling that there's this tie into the community because of the local guide. All right. I'm going to give it that great point. Great example, Norway. Uh, one of my first, you know, I've worked a few trips there, and there's two local guides in Norway. Uh, one of them's uh, Gertrude, fantastic. They're both young, and they're from the small town, uh, Flan, and in uh, in. in uh, on, on the tour that we visit, two, three hundred people live in this town. And there are two tour guides from there. And the two tour guides are from there. Actually, one of the tour guides, his name is Tour Guy. T O R G I E R. It's awesome. When destiny. he gets up and he has you to. You know, when they saw he, his he, resume, he they're sells like, the group and he says, Hey, you know, I say I'm Mike. And he says, I'm Tour Guy. And they all look at him like, Really? Now, is know? that like Cher? He has <laughs> one, one name. It's just <laughs> one name. Bono, just, Bono. No last name, just Tour Guy. <laughs> uh, but long story short, uh, you know, I from experience, just even when I got the chance to work with each of them and hearing their stories, it hit me as a guide, but let alone the guests. So when we're in the town and Gertrude's father is the harbor master in Fla- so it's oh wow, right. So when the cruise ships pull in and then we go out in the RIB boats and we're doing our fjord tour and we're cruising through and her dad comes out and just says hello to the group. Right. Wow. That's pretty cool. There's 300 people live in this town. You wouldn't get that experience tour guy. His, uh, his family, he grew up up in the hills uh, around uh, w- one of the um, fjords that we, we go into. Uh, I think it's called the Nero Fjord. I apologize. It's been about a year since I've been there. And uh, on our way back, our group's coming through on their RB boats again, and we look up, and, and he's 
he told it, you know, this is where I grew up and his mom is, is waving a white flag off the balcony. You know, I mean, how cool is that? Surrendering? Surrendering. (laughs) She was surrendering. Wow. But you know, those types of experiences to be like, thought they were the Nazis. (laughs) 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 Nazis are coming back. I surrender. I surrender. Too soon. I mean, (laughs) our guests get to go back and say, yeah, not only did our, our tour guide, you know, he was from there, but wow, we saw his mom waving the flag, you know? So it's gotta be a really nice thing. I mean, stop. I look, Pete's cracking up. I know. Well, all right, we get it. We need to get her actually, uh, probably some type of blanket or something that's an Adventures by Disney. I think. Right. I think you really should in. invest in that because yeah. you know, or she the Norway guy's mom, guy's <laughs> <laughs> mom. Well, you know this this uh, this kind of does uh, tie into you know something we've said multiple times over the years on the show about Adventures by Disney, uh, the intangibles. Um. You know, people, before they take their first trip with Adventures by Disney, they look at the price of these and they go, okay, wow, that's kind of expensive. And invariably, without fail, on every one of the trips I've been on, on the other end of the trip, they say, best money I've ever spent. When you look at these trips from the standpoint of the elements, I mean, the great, the elements are great. Oh, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. You're not really getting a full understanding of what you get on these trips and that comes in the form of these intangibles. So an experience like, you know, tour guy's mom surrendering, um, (laughs) that's going to happen that, you know, that's something that, you know, may only happen on one trip and it's very specific and very unique to that trip. But the, the, uh, the intangible is consistent because something else will happen that is unique and specific to the next trip. Mm -hmm. And, it's. I think it's. It's one of one of those things. I, you know, I I had said this to you on our on, on the Southwest trip. I had done that trip back in October of 2010, and that was an adult exclusive trip. And there's that there's that bus ride that we take from <laughs> uh, from Monument Valley to Moab to the hotel in Moab. And it's like a five hour, right? Am I right? About five hour? That part of it's, yeah, the whole day is six and that part of it's like three, yeah. Yeah, so it yeah, it felt like the first time we did it, it was like, it felt like a 19 hour <laughs> bus ride. And, like you know, jokes. it was, it was an adults, it was an adults trip. Yeah. And it was really subdued on the bus. You know, the guides just kind of let everybody chill. Um, and that's the, the group that we were. That's what the group wanted. And, you know, just wanted to kind of take it easy. The trip we did in April, a lot of kids. And, you know, this was one of the things going through my head was that, (laughs) oh, dear God, we have this bus ride coming up. And there's all these kids. This is going to redefine hell. Um, And you guys were playing games and had everybody active and involved and there was all this stuff going on. And that first of all, that bus ride went like that. And we had a great time. And I saw how the guides really are kind of empowered to change up the trip as you need to. Um, and you read the audience. And, and it's something that I've seen on multiple trips. They kind of just, they get a feel for their group. They get a feel for what their group wants. And it's intangibles like that for me that just put so much more value in the experience. I, 
I think you summed that up pretty good. I mean, it, it is. It's so important. It's, it's reading the group. It's our ability to kind of figure out different personalities because it doesn't always work the same. Uh, and, you know, done 20 trip over 20 trips to Arizona, Utah. Every trip's different, obviously, and you read the group. And, um, and we're constantly, I'll speak for all the guys, we're, we try and push the envelope and creatively uh, find new things that we can do that are going to make the experience so unique that, that our guests go back saying, wow. I, yeah, you can't put that into a brochure. Just You can't do it. One so. of the other intangibles I think that is very, very hard to explain to people until they do it is the idea of this shared experience by this group. You can talk to other people who went to Norway and other people who have been to the same exact places you're going to be. No one's going to ex- understand your experience but the people that were there with you. I see when groups come back that I haven't been part of that they have a shared language. <laughs> An example is the, the there's a whole group that lost their minds over Kermit Muppet hands. I don't even know what it was, but they did it for years after that. And I would think, stop, just stop. However, for them, that was part of their trip. I'm sure the trip where tour guy's mom came out with her linen and was waving at the group. I'm sure that that's only something they're going to understand. And that's not something you can sell to somebody in a brochure, that you're going to end up with this big sort of family group. Even people who don't like group travel come back and say to me, this was amazing. I have new friends. We do. We're lucky enough that we get to go on a lot of groups. We put together groups for the Diz Unplugged, and Kevin and I have been on most of those trips. We're just behind him. We've been I think on we're lot, at 17. Right. Well, Pete's been on a lot of solo trips. We've been on almost all of the groups. And one of the things that people ask us all the time is, aren't you bored? Aren't you tired of doing backstage magic over and over and over again? Well, the first answer is no. Mm-hmm. You never get tired of that trip. But the second answer is that every trip is different. Yeah. The guides are different. The dynamic of the group is different. So I was going to ask you, do you ever get bored? But I have to assume it's the same for you guys. I mean, every trip must be different. I, it, and it is, and a lot of it, it's the guests too. I mean, we get a good, good read from guests, and we do things different. I know, you know, I was talking to Pete earlier. I think we did the Forrest Gump stop, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the on the way on that big drive coming out of Monument Valley, there's a place where they actually filmed the scene of uh, you know Tom Cruise where he he stops running and he's got Tom the Hanks. beard. Or, Tom, I'm sorry, Hanks. Tom, <laughs> Tom Hanks. And uh, Tom Cruise is wearing off. Yeah. That would be a mission impossible stuff. But, you know, we do a fun little thing there to break up the drive, and it was, we don't do it with all the groups. We kind of feel it out if we if we think we can do it, and we have fun. So we're constantly pushing the envelope, and we get out and, you know, make a, this creative storytelling thing that we're making a production, and we're doing a film, and wow, just, you know, 30 minutes of that drive just went went away because, you know, we're we're... we're trying to figure out ways that we can keep guys comfortable playing trivia and just, you know, the Disney theme movies that we kind of, uh, put in and, uh, into the mix. But, um, we're constantly pushing the envelope too. Cause it, you know, if not, we can get not, we never get bored. Uh, you know, I'll speak Complacent. for all the guides. Yeah. You, we want to stay fresh and we're always looking for new things. And those are things that, awesome. you know, if, you know, we're constantly looking for new things. We'll leave it. <laughs> Pete touched on uh, kids on the on a group. I didn't touch any kids. <laughs> <laughs> None that have come forth. <laughs> Pete has mentioned the fact that that uh, a lot of these groups go with kids. I mean, these are family adventures. Yeah. They're family trips. And one of the things that Kevin and I have noticed on these trips is how well you guys handle 
children on a, on a trip. Not just, okay, we're going to sequester them and they won't be near you, but they get involved in the trip. They have their own activities, which then free stuff up for the adults, for the parents on that trip. So, I mean, this is another whole layer of what you have to do on a trip with kids. It must be taxing to have to come up with ideas to keep the kids busy. Kids are easy. Teenagers are tough. (laughs) Uh, We were talking about that earlier too, but no, the kids are great. And you know, one of the first things we say, and especially at the end of the trips is we, I I personally will have the kids, you know, hug their parents, say thank you for them to have any experience and to, to see these places at their age, which most people never see in a lifetime. If it's Machu Picchu or the great wall, I mean, you know, you want them to be uh, thankful for what they have. And most of the, the kids that we have are, I mean, the families are great. Just the, that's the the caliber of folks that we have on the trips, but uh, yeah, the kids are great. I mean, we you know we always find fun things for them to do. And you know. one of the things I tell people when I'm booking adventures by Disney is that it's not uncommon if you're traveling with children. Not only will the guides be aware of your children, but the rest of the group becomes like your extended family. So there's many sets of eyes on your children. And I've been on trips where somebody has said to them, no, why don't you come on over here and stay with the group? And, you know, it's always somebody knows where your kids are. Well, I, the first time I noticed, I really noticed that because I had only done mostly adult exclusive trips was when uh, I did the uh, ABD add-on to the Mediterranean cruise a few years back. And we had a number of kids and they were energetic kids they're good kids but very energetic and i was stunned by we had uh, courtney and dusty Mm -hmm. uh, on that trip i was stunned by i could pick out the gay one on that team (laughs) (laughs) was that inappropriate um <laughs> toner time. It's toner time. Yeah, uh, I have a funny story about that too. Uh, yeah, we all I do. Love, I love that. <laughs> um, he, uh, uh, I, w- what amazed me was that you know because these kids were like climbing up on things and doing you know doing what kids do, and those guys were right there. I mean, they knew where those kids were at all times, and that was. And I, I watched you know like the parents again not disengaged. But not feeling, I, I think, the pressure that a parent, especially nowadays, feels when they're in a foreign land or a strange mm-hmm. place and there's a lot of people around and their kids are off doing things. And there's, you, know, you usually see that look of concern on a parent's face. Where are you? What are you doing? And I saw that relief almost on their face as they, knew, they realized the guides had them. And then, as you mentioned before, you know, everybody else in the trip kind of bands together and you know, in La Hillary's words, it takes a village. And <laughs> there's also something uh, from being a teacher. I realize a parent can tell the child the same thing. Have a ch- have a non-parental unit say the same thing, and it carries a great deal more weight. Yeah. Having an adventure guide say, "I'm sorry, but you have to come down off there," is much different than a parent saying, "Get off there." It just carries a different weight with kids. Usually. I agree. Do you find that parents are reluctant to even initially sort of trust you with their kids, that when they got in a group that they think, I'm going to take care of the kids, and then they eventually, we see it, they sort of breathe a sigh of relief and say, okay, I can enjoy this trip myself. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I don't, we're definitely not babysitters. You know, I think right. that they, at that point, uh, usually when we have a junior venture night, they feel comfortable. I, you know, that trust is there. They've, they've gotten to know us and, and, uh, just even with the Disney name behind us, I mean, we're, 
the, the trust is the biggest thing and safety and things. So, uh, and we have fun with the kids too. I, I wish I could tell my fun dusty story, but yeah, you know what the heck? Okay. All right. No, I love that. We'll, we'll cut it out. I, I, Don't cut it no. out. We have a great, you know, the guides, we have fun and we always laugh. And I remember I had, we get a lot of repeat guests, right? Obviously. And all the guys, we're all different. We do different things, different styles. I had a guest said, where's our toner time? I said, what do you mean toner time? <laughs> it's like, well, we had Dusty in, I don't know, China or somewhere. And, and uh, you know, he he does toner time. I said, oh, man. Well, I got, you know, I got a spritzer. He goes, yeah, but he has, he has like a different flavor every day or different, you know, and I'm like, Ah, he became like my my Newman and Seinfeld, and I'll joke around with Dusty this day. And I was like, ah, oh, Dusty, if I find it, you know, I'm like, oh, what do I, have? I don't have eight eight things of toner, but uh, we like to have fun. It's just a funny story, you know, with the guides. You know, we're all trying to make the best experience and have fun with our guests, and so I, I'm joking. In Dusty, defense of Dusty, I have a Vita toner on my camera. Right. <laughs> toner time is Dusty would at the appropriate time when everybody was wiped out and hot and, and just sweating. miserable. He would break out this little spritz bottle of toner and say, toner time. And toner, and, not in terms of printer toner. Exactly. He's not spraying like black ash in your face. This is the Evita. Refreshing know, toner. Refreshing and he had toner. Different, fla- different flavors. Right. Yeah. I didn't know he just sends people that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was ah, filling them up at the good water fountain. Yeah. I'm not so sure. But it, was, it, had become, it becomes iconic on your trip. And people would call, ask for it and want to do it. And again, we talk about these intrinsic things that the personality of the guide brings, the personality of the group, the dynamic of the group, things you can't, we can never describe to people and say, this will happen every time, but this type of thing does happen every time. And we talk about children being on the adventures, and I don't want to give the impression that they're like crawling with kids all over the place so that adults think that this isn't a trip for them either. Because I know we did Ireland recently and uh, we did an adults only. It was my first adults only adventure. And I really enjoyed that. I have a kid, he's 20, been there, done that. So the fact that I could travel without dealing with children was also appealing to yeah. me. Yeah, maybe so, it's different because we don't have kids. I like it when there are kids yeah, on see, the trip, right. but I like kids. But, but I've been through it for 20 years, so I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The kids are great. But it's I true. agree. And it's a different it's a different element to it, but not everybody does. And so and not everybody wants to travel dealing all the time with other people's kids. And what I like about Adventures by Disney, even our groups that were not adult only, even though there might have been some children on the group, I didn't feel like they were under my feet. And while yeah. maybe all of the group feels like they have a responsibility for these kids. I sort of didn't. <laughs> I didn't bring them. I'll tell you, the, the kids yeah. bond really quick. You and half so the time, fun. you don't even know they're there. Well, that's just and it. And when, you know, the, yeah. to, for kid, when you get to see experiences, the Grand Canyon or the Great Wall, whatever it is, and you're seeing it sometimes through the eyes of a child. Right. right? Who, you know, right. It, it's neat to get that experience, too, because it really makes you think, Wow. Right. This is yeah. truly no amazing. How we may take it for it. granted. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, the kids bring it such and a And one great of the dynamic. big questions I get is uh, with Disney Cruise Line is I don't want to cruise with all those kids. But the amazing thing is when you cruise with a company that does such a great job with kids, it doesn't feel like you're cruising with all of those kids. And it was the same thing with the ABDs I've been yeah. on where there have That's been children. Point. They're doing such a good job with the kids that it doesn't feel like I'm traveling with kids. Because they're they've got their own thing going on. They've got you know they've got the adventures guide and the parents. And apparently, I just found out everybody else in the group watching out for them too. I didn't know I was supposed to care, but here we are. You know, there are VIPs on every trip. We call right. the, the junior adventures our VIPs, so they get you know special things, or we kind of just you know we're at a museum. They don't they don't really care about the museum. We'll take them on a detective right. uh, 
creative journey, you know, things like that. I think this is a good time to jump in. One of the questions I get a lot from my guests is we're not interested in having this be a Walt Disney World adventure. And I think people assume that because it's Adventures by Disney that Mickey and Minnie are going to jump out (laughs) from behind Mona Lisa or something. And... That's not the case. This is the Disney quality, the Disney experience, the Disney level of service. But this is not the where you're going are authentic experiences. They have not been Disneyfied usually. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are no characters on. The, well, there are characters. I mean, Tracy's been on a couple of. Them. Anybody that's traveled with Tracy will remember her. She was the one who hated kids. Um, <laughs> that's going to help my career. <laughs> Because, you know, we talk about this sort of intangible quality of an Adventures by Disney trip. I mean, there are things that are, you know, part of the trip that are in writing that you're going to do. And a lot of these things are bucket list type of items. You know, you get to see the Great Wall of China or you get to go to the Coliseum in Rome. But one of the things that happens on a trip is the Disney name opens doors. There's no question that we have had trips where you know it's because of Disney that we've gotten into some place before other people. And part of that is because of one of the props you brought with you. Did you explain what you brought with you and tell people what it's about? The, the paddle of power. <laughs> they call, I think the guys, we've been calling it this for over, over the years. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's about the VIP experience. Uh, you know, everyone pays good money to come on these trips. And no doubt our vendors, our partners, they love Disney. The Disney name gets us a long way. Uh, especially when we're international on international trips. So, you know, for instance, uh, we call it the, the fast pass of, of travel. I mean, if you're waiting uh, to, to see the Louvre and, and uh, there's guests or other tourists waiting two hours in line and we come walking by with our paddle and jingling our pins and things like that and we walk right to the front, it's because there was a lot of that planning went ahead that we don't really want to have uh, – you, you have to make the most out of the, the days you're right. doing your trip. Why do we want to wait two or three hours? So all that's kind of taken care of. We're trying to do as much as we can, packed in that amount of time within, you know. I do have a short story about the Paddle yeah. of Power. On our very first trip, we went to Italy. And they went around the room as we all got there, and they said, what do you want to see? And I said, I want to see the Statue of David. I've seen pictures of it all my life. I can't believe I'm actually going to be able to be in the same room with it. So we're walking around Florence, and you have to get into the Academia. And the Academia is a very small museum, and you have a certain window of time in which your group has to be in there. Shortly before our group was to get there, our guides got a call that the museum workers had gone on strike and that we probably were not going to get to see the David. And I was a little bit heartbroken. So we were walking around Florence, and we got the call that the strike was over. I think it was just a long lunch break, but I'm not entirely sure. But we got back, and the entire street outside the Academia was shoulder to shoulder, front to back. You couldn't get through it. And I have to tell you, that paddle, and me with some big elbows, we were the only group that got into the museum. But it was because it was Disney. Mm. And I think to myself, that's some power. It's also very nice. It's you know we we see other guides and they're following the person who has the broken car antenna with the silk scarf <laughs> tied around or it, or the tennis ball, or the tennis ball on top of a, a cane. And when you're following Disney, the other people that see you, you can hear the conversation. Oh look, they're with Disney. Yeah, and that's it's a very cool thing. It's not just the paddle either. You just made me think of all the guides will tell you it's Plan B. Right, you never know when the weather or something's going to happen. We always have a plan B. Sometimes plan B is better than plan A, but you just never know. If 
you know, if everyone comes to Costa Rica and they need to do zipline, we're going to do everything in our power to make it happen, regardless of the weather or what we're going to do if we have to move a day. But I, I remember a story in Australia, and Pete, I, you, you guys have been uh, to Australia. When you go down to we, Tasmania, there's a place called Frisian A. Oh, I didn't do the Tasmania. It was I, I was before, right, before the Tasmania before add-on. Yeah. So now we go down to Tasmania, and you know, it's, it can be cold there if the weather's absolutely bonkers sometimes and you can't control it well i remember the one day we had to cancel the kayak and that's that's a big deal but we had plan b and plan b was we were going to take the guests to go see the penguins and i i, I was working with my co-guide and uh we just kind of pulled it out of the pocket and next thing you know the guests didn't even remember that we weren't able to do the kayak uh experience in frisian a but they remember the most amazing time to see penguins hmm. at night come waddling off the uh mm. Uh, you know, into the into the scene. So, you know, Plan B is always good too. So it's paddle power Plan B, and hopefully the guides can use those. You know, those and and we try and create the best experience. And the can. guides are always they're they're always so flexible, and they always seem so nonplussed. They're just sort of yeah, this is going to happen, and we're going to no, change. They it. don't seem nonplussed. They seem everything but. I think that doesn't. Did I use what, that wrong? You th- it's oh, the yes. opposite of what you think. It <laughs> I tried to be smart, and there you go. I screwed up. But they don't. They never seem to be. And Kevin's right there to catch you. Exactly. <laughs> never let it pass, do you? Uh, <laughs> Hang on, I got to get my whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's obviously thinking on your feet. There's obviously the you have to be flexible and do these things. Are there always a plan B for everything, or do you guys just say, "Listen, I know we can do this. Let's go and do it." Uh, not always, but sometimes it's plan C. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to expect the unexpected. I think the more a lot of the guides as we continue to, to do this or new travels, new experiences, and you just pick up little tricks here and there, or you get to know an area very well that you can come up with a plan B and things. But, and we get, you know, it's not just the guides. We're not just out there on our own. We get amazing support from our office, the developers, and, you know, and I think you said it earlier our vendors, our partners, everyone we work with, maybe it's different for other companies, but when we come in with a Disney name, they want to work with us and they, they love our Disney groups and they love our guests. And so that, you know, we're only two guides and there may be 30, 40 guests on the tour and we need our partners. We need the staffs at the hotels. We need our step on guides to all kind of be those storytellers and create the magic with us. And, and we get that. And maybe it's the Disney name. Maybe it's just the, the types of uh, folks that come on our tours. But combined, it's it's an experience that, you know, it, something that lasts a lifetime and gets you to come back. Right, guys? About yeah. 19, exactly. 20 trips. 20 trips. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, the step-on guides, Mike. I know when some of us did the Italy trip, we had a step-on guide there. And I still remember Christina. I just We fell in love with her. She was a powerhouse there. And she was with us in Rome and just kind of maneuvering us through those crowds and getting us where we needed to be. And the day we were there, it happened to be that the Pope was doing um, a blessing in St. Peter's Square, I think it was. Please and tell me you didn't get to meet the Pope. I did get to meet him. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) I I did get to be in the audience when he was doing a blessing, and that was really cool. And we had bought a bunch of stuff in the the Catholic store that was near there. And once Christina knew the Pope was going to be there, she ran in, got all of our stuff, because it's a big deal to... You know, for a Catholic to be holding that rosary you just bought as, you know, the Pope was going by and doing his blessing. And I wanted to stay longer than the group. So my husband was going to stay with me. And Christina's right away, no, I'll stay with you too. So she stayed with us all the way through until he left and took a taxi with us back to where the group was having lunch. And I mean, she just went so far above and beyond. She wasn't even our regular international. She was our step-on guide for the day. And so the step-on guides are just, you know, just the same caliber even. 
as you know as our regular ABD guides. She was fascinating to watch because she every was. place we went, everybody knew her. Yes, and at one place. There was somebody who wasn't going to do what she oh my wanted gosh, to so do. Funny. I forget the details of this. We Tell were the going, story. We were going into the Vatican, and we had the paddle of power, and we had our fast passes into the Vatican, so we cut in front of everybody. Well, another tour group thought that they could intermingle with ours and sort of blend in and get cut in line. Oh, she went ballistic <laughs> on them. There was a great deal of Italian gesturing. And <laughs> In a foreign language, and I'm sure there were curse words, but she was fun to watch. She put sure. this guy in his place. She got them out of our group. Yeah. And she became very mother hen about our group, that we were to yeah. stay together, and she would, it was very protective. She was fun to watch. Yeah. I think yeah. that happens, too. Something that we don't realize is that these um, local guides, the, the step-on guides, they're actually uh, either employed by a different company or self-employed. But it feels like they're part of Disney. When they come to us, they feels like they're part of the group. I, I can't. We can't talk about step-on guides without mentioning, mentioning Stephen in England. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. In London. Stephen in London is, he would take the driest bit of history <laughs> and have everybody. The man should do his television show. He would stop talking, and we'd all be like, come on, you've got to finish, finish. He could make English history come alive. I've never seen anybody be able to do that. And you know, I remember being at the Tower of London, and you know, he's talking to our group about you know this particular location and what happened here. And you know, because of where you are and the way it's set up, there's no way to just do it for our group. People are passing by and hearing him, and he is drawing this yeah. massive yeah. crowd. The antenna tours were all around us. <laughs> Just, it was incredible, you know, and it, it, and that's part of it too. Disney's selection criteria Correct. into who these step-on guides are and what they bring to the trip. I, I, I mean, clearly works very, very well. Cream of the crop, as far, especially the 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 guides that we partner with internationally, but the step-on guides anywhere domestic, internationally. I mean, they're great storytellers, and they have to be if they're going to be a part of what we're doing in our brand. And they and they are. Uh, you guys said it. I mean, always I, the, the one that always comes to mind for me is maybe I'm probably closest to is Preston and and uh, oh yeah, Moab, Utah. I mean, the guy grew up in Arches National Park, so when he talks, and he's this cowboy, and he comes on, he's just funny. The good. He delivers a story, you know, in a way that it just engages our guests, and then they can really relate. So, the, all the all the partners we work with, just awesome, good storytelling. Uh, one of the other things that happens on an adventure is that uh, you get a pin for every day. Part of the Disney experience is Disney is all about storytelling, and your trip is a story that the guides help tell through interaction with the guests and through sort of tying it into the things you see that day. But the I don't want to say the award, but the pinnacle of the day seems to be the pin of the day. We'll talk a little bit about the pins that people get. Yeah, and you know, I brought a couple samples of pins, and you guys are very familiar with that. I think the key is is that and we were talking, too, that we don't want to take away from the experience that you're going to indulge in. So we sprinkle the Disney magic, right? We're not going to take you to Yellowstone Park and let you not indulge into Yellowstone right. Park and learn about it. So the pins... Are a unique thing, uh, unique thing because we can. Our Imagineers have created these theme pins that are exclusive to each tour, and as guides, we carry around. Is it the camera there? We carry yep, around pin it. bags. This one happens to be from Peru. It's getting a little old, but there's a little llamas on there, and uh, 
when the guests see the bag or mm-hmm. however we're going to do it, we try magically each day. They don't want us to hand out the, the pins, right? So we try and get involved with our partners if we're rafting. Have, you know, have, after rafting, it's a big deal. You did it. We'll creatively find a way to maybe to distribute the pins. So each pin's different. You know, I brought a few as examples, and you can't see them on camera, so I won't even put them up. But that's definitely uh, a, the sprinkled magic that doesn't take away from the overall experience, but adds that Disney. Flavor. And this is one of the things where you think, you know, someone who might be going on this trip not to have the Disney experience, but to have the the trip experience. <clears throat> excuse me, would say, oh, who wants a pin? That's that's silly. Who cares about a pin? By the end of the day, the second or third day, you want your pen. People are going to beat up those. <laughs> Where's my pen? Right, adventure guides. Or if you don't get it because I was in the restroom, I didn't get a pin. Did they give out the pins yet? So sure. this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, they give you a lanyard, so you get to put your pins on your lanyard. That includes your name on it, so that other folks can, you know, know who you are and get to know you better. So that's part of the a magic of a Disney uh, Adventures by Disney trip as well. And we try to make it seem big. You know, it's a small thing, but if it's presented well and you guys get ex- uh, the guests get excited, then we can make it a part of the trip. It's a big deal. Right. So excited about it. They really get excited. Yeah. One of the things that um, I've always found interesting about these groups, uh, we're very lucky that we get to run and be participate in groups that we put together as part of the Disney Unplugged, our exclusive trips. And... There's always um, different personalities, and you might get the person who is a little bit more shy, who's a little more reserved, who doesn't want to participate in everything. But something happens in these trips, and they eventually come around, and it's like one big happy family. What do you guys do for that? Do you guys have sort of the, you go get them, you bring them into the group and make them smile? I think a lot of a lot of guests kind of come out of their shell in different ways. Uh, we're at teenagers, obviously. Most of them don't like to travel with their parents around the age of 16. And, you know, personally, it's a goal of mine. And I know a lot of guys is, you know, how do we, you can't force anyone to be together, but our, our, we need to find ways to kind of get the group together and, and maybe bring people out of their shell or do things they never thought they could do. That's, I mean, zip lining in Costa Rica. I, I've had, I had an 81 year old, uh, grandmother that said, no way am I ever going to do that. By the time we were done with her, she was up at the top and she zip lined. Uh, oh, wow. uh, you know, so getting folks, teenagers, you know, that th- you think they, they would never do what they're going to do. And they end up, uh, doing the river rafting and they didn't want to do it. But I, you know, people, a lot of our guests kind of, they jump out of the shell and they start to see others, other guests around them that are doing things. If it's a teenager seeing another teen, then they start to develop a relationship and they want to do those things. So I, so many different dynamics. You guys know you've been on it and it's, you can't put it on paper. And one of the things we Uh, do is we also, we encourage single travelers. Oh yeah. If you're a single traveler, this is a great way for you to travel because it's not about all these people are off doing something and I feel alone and sad. You really become part of this group. You do. I uh, I just had an experience in Costa Rica. Um, uh, an older gentleman was traveling. Was originally going to do the adult only tour and uh, didn't have an opportunity to do that. So he was now put on this uh, uh, kind of a family tour, I guess you could say. And I ended up talking to him on day two and heard about his story. And he literally. Uh, it was very emotional at the end because the kids, the other folks that we were traveling with, a total of over 30, 30 guests on that trip, they treated him like family. And he, at the end, and I shared a story with the group, and 
said that he's glad he didn't go on the adult-only tour, even though he, you know, he was in his uh, 60s, 70s, and he was happy that he got to travel with the families because uh, he was just kind of embraced, you could say, not just by the adults, but by the kids. I mean, they were, it was, that was an emotional trip, and you get that a, a lot on these, uh, just so single traveler, what, however you're going to travel, these trips are for everybody. We have a bunch of regular folks who travel on a lot of our um, exclusive trips and several of them are single and what they love is the fact that if they want to wander off and explore something on their own they can but they also know that at the end of the day when it's dinner time somebody's going to say what are you doing for dinner yep. come join us so it's never you know even if you're a single traveler it's never like you're sitting there on your own Agreed. there's always sure. people about yep i think that's a great way to end our our conversation with mike mike thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. And also, I want to say uh, thank you to the folks behind the scenes at Disney that helped put us together. We have Disney reps and folks who we work with closely, and they were really great about helping us get you here and getting you on our show. So thank you very much. Thanks if only they were here and we could say thank you to them. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I, this is a lot of fun. Really had a good time. Good to see you guys. Again. Great. Good to see thank you. Thank you. All right. For those of you who watch our show regularly, you know that the, at the end of each show, we do what we are calling our agent spotlight, where we try to highlight one of our agents who uh, either cannot be with us or won't be with us on this episode. And we want to make sure everybody gets to see who they are and what they do. And this week, we're going to be highlighting Beth Zada. Ta-da! Beth spent her whole life in Michigan until last summer when she moved to Indianapolis to be closer to her adult children. Beth has been with Dreams for over 15 years, and she loves her job as much today as when she started. I paid her to say that. <laughs> Plus, it gives her a great excuse to travel. Beth has been on over 25 cruises with Disney Cruise Line and Royal Caribbean. She's been on several adventures by Disney trips. She's visited Walt Disney World and Disneyland so many times that she's actually lost count. She also tries to travel to Universal Universal Orlando at least once a year and has done a couple of the all-inclusive vacations. She's also been to Alani in Hawaii. Best advice to clients is to enjoy the planning process. Shoot, it happened again. Best advice to her clients is to enjoy the planning process. Don't stress out if all your plans don't pan out. Sometimes you have to enjoy the magic as it happens and throw the schedule out the window. Plus, there's always next time. Beth specializes in Disney destinations, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, and Alani. She also specializes in Royal Caribbean Cruise Line and Universal Orlando vacations, including their combined land-sea packages. We spent a couple days at Universal and a couple days on a Royal Caribbean cruise. Um, she's also uh, She also is familiar with Sandals and Beaches all-inclusive vacations. If you're interested in working with Beth, you can reach her at Beth at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. All right, thank you guys. Thank you everybody for participating. Uh, we really enjoy uh, having Mike on the show. Um, I want to add too that if you're looking to book an Adventures by Disney vacation, you can contact Kevin at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com or you can write to any of us on the show and we will make sure we get your information to the right person and help you book that vacation. Uh, again, thanks Mike for joining us. Thanks for having me. This thank is you. great. And thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation. Bye.